Hi, welcome to our podcast on conscious creative leadership. The space where we get curious about leadership in the 21st century. I'm Darren Abrahams. And I'm Nadine Benjamin. We see ourselves as conscious creative leaders in an ever-evolving world. We believe we're all leaders in our own right. This podcast is our invitation to you to step into leadership with us. Sometimes it gets messy, but staying curious and open to change can open the doorway to new possibilities. In season two, we look at the daily challenges of leadership and how you can overcome them. Episode four, failure. What does it mean anyway? Welcome back to the Conscious Creative Leadership Podcast, and this is episode four of our season looking at the everyday challenges of leadership. And this week, we are looking into that big word, failure. (laughs) Hi, it's Nadine Benjamin here. Yeah, failure is that thing is, wow. We were talking about this, and we have this insight that we don't really believe in failure the shame and blame but we do recognize that um failure has many ways of showing up yes it does yeah Yeah, it has different kind of levels one of them is you know mistakes you Mm. know people can see mistakes as a failure something you've done um i remember um you know even in singing when i when i was first beginning and i would sing a note wrong or i'd flaff my words I would feel like the world was coming down on me I would feel like such a failure I've let everybody down even in rehearsal actually rehearsal is supposed to be about play and finding a different way to express yourself and I was like oh no I still can't make a mistake yeah and you know what it did actually Darren it held such tension yes so I was constantly in tension and not in liberation of my of my art yes. because I was constantly worried about making mistakes. And I remember the project that we worked on, Beam, the yes. opera that we did together. And one thing that really stands out to me is the musicians that every time in rehearsal that a note fluffed or something, that they were like, I'm really sorry. It was, you know, da, 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 da. And we, and, and we, we said, no, you don't say sorry for anything. This is a creative process. This is where we're supposed to be. Um, and just giving people permission to to find something new from what is perceived as making a mistake. Yes. And mistakes are natural. Mm-hmm. They are part of the creative process. Mm. We actually cannot create unless we make mistakes. Mm. Um, but there's so much weight placed on on the need to be perfect and the need to get things right. Because Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of, you know, last time we were talking about imposter syndrome, this really connects to that idea Mm. of imposter syndrome. It's that I cannot get things wrong. Mm. Um, And wrong is a perception of what other people, you feel other people are looking for. Yes. So I I work a lot in schools, as you know. I work a lot with young people. I work Mm. a lot with teachers. I see, Mm. like, the school environment is a really toxic environment in terms of the ability to make mistakes and it's not the fact that you'll be punished because you make a mistake it's what I hear a lot from young people is that they walk into educational environments and they don't know what's expected of them Mm. 
So this it's like walking into a black box. Mm. It's like I actually I don't know what the rules are here. I don't know what's expected of me. There's a, there's a new subject or a new piece of knowledge that we're going to be doing today. I don't know what I'm going to be needing mm. to show in mm. order to be able to be accepted mm. in this space. So then the mistake, the idea of the mistake comes up. I can't show myself up by getting it wrong. Mm. So often people then don't say anything. Mm. So you get that whole situation where people would rather not say anything at all rather than be seen to be getting it wrong mm. because there's so much about acceptance around getting it right or getting it wrong. Yeah. And that way we lose creativity because you can't be creative unless you're in a space where you can try things out. Like if we can reframe the idea of the mistake yeah. into actually like I'm trying something and oh, this didn't quite work this time. Mm. So I can try it again mm. differently. But there's that thing, isn't it, about making making a mistake is something that just happens by accident. Mm -hmm. You know, it just happens. You know, you're <clears> in the middle of something. It just happens. But actually getting it wrong. Now that's different, isn't it? Oh my God. Because you, you, you getting it wrong, like you didn't follow up on something or you didn't, um, um, you, 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 I can't think of something about getting something wrong now. Or you, you, you learnt the whole opera, I'm just going to bring it back to music, you learnt the whole opera, but um, you missed out five pages in the middle. Ha ha. You know, I mean, that feels for me like getting it really wrong. I mean, the shame yeah. that comes up inside that. The blame then. How dare you? Why didn't you do this? Yes. What comes from outside then can feel soul destroying, can make me feel like there's something wrong with me. And I just, I really remember that from the beginning of what I was doing. And I have to admit, at the beginning of my singing career, I got a lot of things wrong. Uh -huh. I didn't know how to prepare a score. I didn't know how the notes ran together. I literally, I did not know. Yes. But because of that, and I was too, on some occasions, too afraid to ask. Because mm. I felt like that I had to know. I felt like there, was, there wasn't a place for me to investigate, you know, whether there was another way for me to do it. And I, because I'm so bright, there was an expectation that I knew how to do it anyway. Yes. So we ran into this. So getting it wrong then became quite easy for me at, sure. the, at, at the beginning. But know? I think it's interesting what you say that the getting it wrong feels like I am wrong. There's something fundamentally yes. wrong with me as yes. a person. Yes. Whereas the mistake things is like I've done something wrong. Yes. It's more about the action that you're taking. It, yes. it can be. We, we can separate those things. Yeah. But I... I I think that the the mistake, the 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 area of mistake, be, has begun to feel like there's something wrong with me. Ah. So if I do something wrong in the space because I don't know, or because yeah. I'm learning, or because I'm trying something out, yeah. the fear is that there's something wrong with me because yeah. I've done that, and that's why that's what makes it difficult to move forward, and that's yeah. why people are reticent, mm -hmm. reluctant mm -hmm. to try something new yes. or to put their hand up in the classroom or because then if I get it wrong, there must be something wrong with me. Yeah, and I find that as we grow, so as, as we grow as leaders, the, the distinction between making a mistake and getting it wrong, it's almost like it just falls off our back. Yeah. Because we begin to understand that a lot of 
mistakes or getting it wrong comes more from experience than it being about there's something wrong with us. Yeah. You know, so the more experience we get, we get in our fields, the less mistakes we make, the less we get it wrong. But when it does happen, it's not a big deal, actually. It's a learning. It's a growth point. But it takes courage to get to that place. Of course it does. So everything, what we're talking about here in this area of failure is about the feeling. Mm. It's not about the actuality of what happens. It's mm. not about the, the thing that you got wrong or the mistake or whatever. Mm. It's actually about the feeling that comes up around mm. it. It's either the feeling that precedes it. It's the feeling like, oh, what if I get this wrong? What if I make a mistake? Mm. Or it's the feeling that comes afterwards. It's like, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I got this wrong. <laughs> Which leads us very directly into resistance. Yes, it does. Because then we resist because then we're thinking, oh, my God, I don't want to get it wrong and I don't want to make a mistake, so I'm not even going to start. Yes. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I've got this, I've, I, I've got this great thing that I'm going to do and instead I'm just going to beat myself up inside. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that I'm shit. Yeah. And that, I've got no skills, and if I started it, everybody would laugh at me. Uh, it's almost like making up another TV film in your head. <laughs> you know, resistance. I do think it yes. is because you neither know, you don't know any of the truth because you haven't started. Yes. So you're making it all up. It's like a, a whole movie. Yeah. That you and and none of it do you know if it's true or not because you haven't taken a risk on yourself you haven't jumped in you haven't expanded you haven't you haven't left your comfort zone yes and this is what we are working with all the time in the coaching relationship and also in the therapeutic relationship is that we are hitting up against people's the edges of people's comfort zones and the reason that people haven't expanded in the way that they've wished Mm. or followed the dreams that they they've had is because Mm. They're hitting resistance. Mm. They, we, you know, I, I do yeah. this too. We know we do this. We reach the edge of our resistance. And when we when we reach that edge, we reach that resistance point. If you don't have the consciousness mm. and the tools and the support mm. to get to the next level, it's very easy to keep cycling back exactly. into the old this habits. Exactly, care, like we, we talked we talk about, about in the last yeah. episode. But resistance can also look like procrastination. Definitely. I like I, I have like three ways I talk about resistance. I talk about avoidance, which yeah. you've just talked about. Yeah. I talk about distraction, yes. which is procrastination, and I talk about denial. So yeah. dig us into that procrastination thing. Well, procrastination, you've got you you know you're supposed to do something. You know if you do it it will be easier, but you still don't do it. Mm-hmm. You sit on it. Or you know there's a timeline for something. You know that you've got to get it in by the sixteenth of February. And you wait till the 15th of February before you do it. Yes. Knowing who, what, I mean, I know some people work better under pressure. They do. They just do. But what could you have come up with if you had started earlier? What, what, you don't, you never get to find that out. Yeah. And also procrastination can also lead to um, missing huge opportunities in your life yes because they pass because you procrastinated you sat on it too long and then it's gone which then you look back and you're like you're in regret Mm. that's painful 
It is. And regret can feel like failure, can't yeah. it? So we cycle, we cycle back to this thing all the time. The, it's the, either the fear of failure yeah. or the, um, the shame of having failed. Yes. And those, both of those things start to play into each other. Yeah. Um, we, when we were preparing for this, we were, we were thinking through different ways that we can feel that we failed. Mm. So we've talked about mistakes. We talk about getting it wrong. We talk about resistance. Mm. And then we talked about giving up. Oh, this, oh, this one, Darren. Mm-hmm. Because I still feel that one. <laughs> yes. There are days where I think, oh, my gosh, it would just be so much better if I just moved, went to a cottage and wrote books. Yes. I know, it's a real thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes in a professional environment, the, the pressure, the the amount of admin that we're, we're, we're put to, you, you get to be less creative because you're more in an admin status. Yeah. You know. Um, and and you're just like I've got all of this, but actually, if I if I'm not feeling happy enough in that time or in that moment, I might as well stop. Mm. And I do get moments like that, you know. I do, and it's for me, it's less about happiness; it's more about the weight. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a very happy person. I'm very, I've got a very good life. But it, it, it is more about the weight and the pressure. Sometimes I just think, oh, my God, OK, I've got, I haven't got the energy. I haven't got yeah. enough energy left. It's hard work. Right? Yeah, it's, it's definitely hard work to yeah. stay present and to stay in your thing. But I also think giving up can be about just a complete loss of self-belief. Yeah. Where somebody just says they don't give themselves a chance. They just give up on themselves. They're not just giving up on the thing. Yes. They're giving up on themselves. Um, that um, complete uh, disappearance, personality, dreams, which migrates them into a whole other human being that makes the abnormal normal. Yeah. I think it can become a habit. Yeah. We talked, I think last episode, we were talking about resilience Mm. um, and that... You know, when sometimes things happen in life, you know, this strays into the the territory of trauma. Mm. Things happen in life. Sometimes really big things happen Mm. in life and they can knock us for six Mm. and they bring up a lot of emotion. Uh, They put us into very different situations. Mm. Um, And it's possible to then get stuck in that overwhelm space Mm. when something really big happens. For, For me... I think I've talked about this before and I definitely talked about it in the last se- series is that trauma is about an overwhelmed nervous system. Mm. And when a nervous system gets gets overwhelmed by a big experience or a series of big experiences, mm. it can be very hard then to pick yourself up and mm. keep moving forward. Mm. Um, so there is a feeling then, there can be a feeling of giving up mm. that comes up because those big things have happened. Mm. And the challenge of that is that is the expectation around what we're supposed to do in that space. <laughs> so I think something big happens and it, we, we, we are traumatized, our nervous systems gets overwhelmed. And then on top of that, what I see often again is the compounding of shame mm. that then keeps you suppressed mm. within that space. Mm. And then giving up is about 
a, a nervous system that cannot mobilize again. Mm. Mm. Um, this is a really natural state. It's a mm. human state. Mm. And we come back to this idea of co-care and co-regulation. You can't really get out of that state on your own. It's very hard to get out of that state on your mm. own. You need support. You need another nervous system. You need people to help to get you on that journey. But if we're talking about failure, if we talk about it in the context of failure, mm. then what makes it worse is that it can feel like failure. Yeah, it can this feel big like thing death. happens. It can feel like death. Absolutely, it can, it can really feel like death. And I think yeah. that's that's one of the reasons why it's it's really important to have a coach, to have a therapist, to have really good friends. Yeah. You know, people that can witness you and put you back into and help support put you back into a state of that real conscious space. You know, I love calling it busting myself. You know, where I might ring a friend up and say, "I'm thinking this," and, and just. Just can we just talk through this? And then I and then once we've had the conversation, I'm like, oh Nadine, get over yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's that same thing. I never go to the cottage and I never go and <laughs> We've been to the cottage writing. Yeah, we have been to a cottage writing a, conscious, a couple of times. Yeah, but it's conscious, you <laughs> yes. know. But it's not it, it you know, but when I feel that giving up, it normally means that I need to rest or I need to sleep. Even though I've put sleep and rest in my schedule already sometimes a project took more out of me Mm. than I was expecting yes and that some of that sometimes you cannot um foresee yeah you can't foresee that so sometimes you're in the middle of like five projects at the same time and you're like oh my goodness I thought that this was going to be okay here and I thought this was going to be okay this isn't how it's happening or somebody that you thought had more knowledge than they've perceived to have and don't, and you have to take on more responsibility. You know, so giving up, yeah, can that collapses, you know, yeah. can can happen sometimes because we've been put in situations that we didn't foresee and that we didn't know we're gonna take that much energy out of us. And even though it feels like failure in that moment, when we look back on it, we're like, oh my God, how did I get through that? Yes. What were my growths? Aren't I quite a strong person? (laughs) (laughs) Which I think leads us really nicely onto letting go. Yes. So maybe the flip side of giving up is letting go. Yeah. And Often the other kind of failure that we we often feel that we have is that um, we have to hold on to something even if it's no longer working for us. Oh no! Drop it like a can of oh, <laughs> like a hot fire. Drop it! Drop it! Drop it! That's one thing I've learned. Just get rid of it. It's like, whoo! But that's a practice. It is. Yeah. It's really hard to let go, yeah. especially if you've put a lot of time and energy and effort into something. If mm. you spent money on something, mm. you know, letting go of something. Mm can feel like a massive failure mm-hmm. it can feel like giving up mm-hmm. so it's the, it's it's looking at the distinctions between giving up which is about a collapse mm-hmm. and uh not having enough energy or or self-belief or whatever it is around it which means that you're not going to go for something which you could go for mm-hmm. letting go is about recognizing when something has come to its natural end mm-hmm. and that there's too much energy involved in trying to keep it alive mm-hmm. i have cycled through various different businesses and projects mm-hmm. over my life um, where i've recognized that i have to let go mm-hmm. 
even you know when um, Kate and I, my business partner, the Human mm. Hive, when we had our bus, mm. um, there was a point where we realised that the project wasn't actually all about buses, and we had mm. to let that go. Mm. And it was painful and hard mm. because it was something that we had become part of an identity. Mm. I think often around this letting go piece, there's an identity p- issue about it. If I let go of this project, then who am I? Mm. Um, and what will the outside world think about me? Mm. Again, always about perceptions on the outside. Mm. But when you let go of something that no longer works for you, you free up so much energy. Yeah. That you that a, that a space is created for something new to come in, for the new thing, the next thing, the thing that you're actually supposed to be doing. And if we bring this back to the idea of service, mm. which is where we're placing our conscious creative mm. leadership, is where am I being of service? You can feel in the stickiness of an energy when something's not working, if you're not really being of service anymore, mm. but you have to let go and move on. And I think that's particularly important in relationships. Yes really important in the relationships that you have with yourself but also in the relationships that you have with others so business relationships when they're no longer working let them go mm. you know relationships that you intimate relationships let them go yeah the reason why it's so imperative is because your behavior the person who you actually are changes into a person you don't know mm. And that's really, you only really recognize it afterwards, after the fact. And you think to yourself, who have I become? Mm. And you look back and go, oh my God, how did, I, how did I get there? It's because when the moment showed you to let go, when the moment said there needs to be a confrontation or there needs to be an uncomfortable conversation or there needs to be a change of energy, we don't listen sometimes. Yeah. And I've had been guilty of that in the past. I have not listened to that sometimes. Yeah. And actually, a year later, I've got myself into worse mess than I could have been in if I'd have just let go. I let go now. But it was a practice. Yes. And I had to get myself into a lot of messes before I could learn to go, okay, I'm here now. See you later, .com. Yeah. And it's not about abandoning someone or dropping someone or what's this thing about silencing? What's it called? Ghosting. Ghosting. It's not about that. That is not conscious behavior. No. That is aggressive behavior. It's passive aggressive behavior. It's about saying to someone face to face, I've come to a point in this relationship, or I've come to a point in this situation where it is no longer working for me. These are the reasons why. You might find someone then say to you, oh my gosh, but we could have done something about this and this. If we did something about this, is that possible? And then you still might say, no. But it is okay for you to know that your needs, your boundaries at that time, for you to say, I've had enough, let go. Let go and let's discover what's new. You might be worrying about financial remuneration of that as well. We are going to talk about this when we get to the money, but the money is not worth your state of mind. No your mental health will decline i have experience of that one too mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so it is about you know really owning your personal power yeah and when those endings when they're shown to you when they come to that natural space just go ah oh, it's okay what's new what's next yeah That feels like a very great place to round up this episode. Yeah, maybe. Yes. So as always, we want to leave you with a question. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and what is pointing you to a natural ending right now? What is that natural ending for you right now? Mm. What is pointing you to a natural ending right now? That is a very great question. Yeah, are you listening? Yes. You and I really think about this letting go piece as a spiritual practice. Yes. Not just as a as a professional practice. Mm. The more that we can let go of the things that hold us back, mm. the more free we are to live into the person that we wish to be in the world. And as we live into that person, the more we can be of service. Absolutely. So I it's a fantastic question. Look around you and see what you can let go of. It may not be a person. It may not be a thing. It may not be a project. What it may be is an attitude. What it may be is an emotion that has been lingering around longer than it needed to linger. It may be about uh, something that happened in your past that you haven't been able to let go of. Look around. So what are the things that if you let go of them would free up a huge amount of energy for you to be the person you wish to be? Wow. I'm sending you a kiss across this table here. Thank you. So beautiful. We're going to leave you at the end of this episode for um, just recognising that challenge of failure, knowing that you are not a failure. Oh, fantastic. And sending you blessings for this episode. And one one last thing. Go ahead, Darren. Is recognising that your failures can actually lead to your biggest successes. Yes. Because every... Failure or mistake is an opportunity for growth. Absolutely. And if you take that opportunity, if you do, as Brene Brown says, dare greatly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you can go to places you never dreamed of. Wow. Thank you. Incredible. Thank See you, you next time. Thank you, Nadine Benjamin. <laughs> See you next time. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on this journey of conscious, creative leadership. If you'd like to know more, check out the show notes for links and send us a message at Conscious Creative Leadership on Instagram. Stay Stay conscious, conscious, stay stay creative, creative, stay stay self-led.